Welcome to the KVB From the Tap podcast. I'm Managing Editor Leslie Claggett, and this week I'm happy to talk with Amy Youngblood, Founder and Lead Interior Designer of Amy Youngblood Interiors in Cincinnati, Ohio. She brings a cross-disciplinary approach to her work, often infusing fashion trends into her designs in ways both small and large. Amy is a past president of the Cincinnati Business Network, an active member of the OTR Chamber of Commerce, and is also an active member and corporate sponsor of the Cincinnati Art Museum. Be sure to subscribe to KVB's YouTube channel and click the like button on our videos. You can also subscribe to KVB's From the Tap podcast on such apps as Apple, Spotify, Pandora, and Google Podcasts. And please feel free to leave a review. Today, we're going to discuss the importance of developing a strategic approach to clients. Welcome, Amy, and thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Leslie. Great. Amy, at what point in your career did you first become aware of the importance of a strategic approach to client acquisition and relationships? Well, let's first define strategy with our audience, because I think strategy is ultimately taking actions to produce a wanted end result. The more I think about that and your viewers, um, I think my big moment was probably three years ago after being in business for almost 10 years. And while the company was always making a profit, we weren't really getting to the level that I wanted to be at. So I would say it's been three years of just really big growth um, since I really made some changes that we'll discuss in this uh in this meeting. That's great, that's great. Um, how did you develop your strategic thinking about this aspect of your business? Did you well, read books or take courses, get advice from colleagues or mentors? Well, a couple things. I had another a friend, another fellow small business owner who recommended a book that helped me a lot with my, finance, my finances and it's called Profit First by Mike. McCallowitz, a uh, little plug for Mike. Um, and then I also hired a business and life coach who really helped me evaluate what I was not doing well enough to get to where I wanted to be. And he helped me do all kinds of things from working on my pricing strategy, marketing, communication with clients. And what we're going to talk about today is properly vetting clients, potential clients. Right. So it sounds like um, taking a strategic approach to clients has changed your business for the, for the better. Yes, very much so. Um, before we focus on your strategic client-related processes, Maybe you could tell us who your ideal client is. What is their profile? That would form the yeah. foundation for developing a strategy. Well, it's funny because we were talking about this earlier in the office and um, it, there's really not one exact person, but I would say the best clients are the ones that are willing to take direction. They know they can't do it well on their own. And they also have an, a realistic budget 
And a lot of people, for the most part in this business, don't. <laughs> so we always try in our vetting process to, to almost overestimate what a client is going to have to pay to, to really make their space beautiful. Um, so that would be our, I think our ideal client. I mean, and a lot of times our ideal client is a client that it's on our contact form on the website. If anyone can take a look at it for sure. But that client that really trusts, like doesn't want to be that involved. Now that they get that, that they can't have an opinion, but they're hiring you as the expert and you know, they're really, and they're also very attracted to your work that they see online on our website. That's why we work so hard on our website to show our absolute best work. And I feel like at that point, when they reach out, they're pretty much sold on working with us because they really love what they see and they're willing to take direction to get something similar. Right. Um, do you develop marketing plans beyond your website? Um, yes. Other ways of trying to attract that? Yes. Uh, one thing we do very well is we are very good about our SEO and where we come up on search engines. So we have a marketing person in the company that handles st almost strictly the website and posting blogs and any media exposure. And then we also have a PR firm that's gotten us a lot of high end placements in magazines, online publications, and we every year kind of just sit down and say, where do we want to be financially? Um, you know, our goal every year is to be growing at least 20% or so. Um, the last few years especially have been very good to us. So I guess that would be our general marketing plan overview. Okay. How do you avoid the wrong client? What are some telltale <laughs> signs that the uh, match is not made in heaven? Yeah, that is a good one. Well, we have what we call a, a contact form. I've already mentioned on our website. And we that's one thing my coach helped me with a lot is when we first started working. We, we just basically had a, here's a contact form, your name, what's your phone number and your email. And that's that was it. And I think a lot of designers do that and they don't really kind of, ask the questions that really can kind of do a lot of work for you. So we ask questions like, um, you know, how much, how on a scale from one to 10, one to three, how involved you want to be in the process. Um, if somebody is, wants to be really, really involved, that might be a little bit of a red flag. And I think the really, the two big questions that we ask are, are you looking for, 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 full service interior design or just ideas slash direction. And if someone just says they just want some ideas and direction and then they want to shop on their own, that's really not a fit for us. So um, I think that, I think directing people to that contact form first for them to fill out shows a commitment that they're interested in our services. And I think once they kind of fit the criteria that we're looking for in that contact form, we then, you know, reach out obviously with a, with a phone call and then, then an in-person visit to see if it's, if it's a good fit. Are there other questions on that contact form that you could share with us? Um, yeah. Another one is uh, budget. We have a question that says, how much is money a factor 
if you really love our custom design and if someone says absolutely must be in the budget in my budget i have a very tight budget as a higher end interior design firm it's probably not the best fit um we have a lot of clients that are like we just want it done right we that's that's great <laughs> that's kind of that's that's another question we ask you also ask, is there, um, how soon do you want to get started? If somebody's kind of like, well, maybe, you know, a year or so, I don't really feel an urgency to necessarily reach out to them and serve as quickly. Um, we have most of our clients that go on our website want some work done ASAP. That seems to be, especially these days, <laughs> everyone wants it fast and, eat, and, and it, faster than is realistic, right? Right. So um, that's another question we ask. We also ask, is there a significant other involved with making the decision? Not that that's a, that's a, that's a, a deal breaker, but we want to know if, you know, if the, let's say your partner, whoever that is, if they're involved with the making the decisions that they, we want to, we want them to be at that first meeting if we get to that point with the client, because we don't want to be talking to one person and then they're going back to their, their partner and they're not agreeing. It just, it really streamlines the process that we can meet with them together. And then we, obviously we ask for the details of the of the home or, or home or business and just the location. We just want to know a little bit more about it. Um, we don't want to redline per se, but we want to know that it's an actual nice sized project um, that we would be interested in taking on. Right, right. Um, how do you say no? to somebody who's approached you and yeah well that's a tough one i always try and be as kind and graceful as possible because while we are selective and we do vet our clients we definitely want to be kind in our communication skills with them so often if someone answers let's say they, they say they want just ideas and direction and they want to shop on their own I'll usually, I will respond. I will say something like, thanks for your inquiry. Really, I really appreciate your interest in our firm. Um, I noticed on the form that you said this, and in order for us to, to achieve the best result for our clients, we do require that our clients work on a full service basis and purchase through the products through our firm. Uh -huh. In other words, we don't want, clients that are like paying for our services. It's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a service to them too. They're paying for our services and then they're running around shopping, which is kind of like defeating the whole purpose of hiring us. So that's kind of how we, and we've, we've even had clients where we've had actually gotten to a meeting at their house and we had one that they had put on, on our contact form that they wanted they wanted to purchase through our firm and wanted a full service interior design. And we got to their house. And I, another quite another factor is um, that we like to know is where have you purchased furniture in the past? And they basically told us, 
where they'd purchase furniture. It, it was from a very low end um, budget oriented store, not good quality. And they finally came out and said, you know, we really just want you to just do some drawings for us. And, and I said, you know, I completely understand that's, that's what you're, what you want. I said, unfortunately, you know, we are full service and we do have a requirement that people do it, you know, really do the whole ball of wax through us. And they were honestly appreciative they, that we were honest because we didn't want to get further along and then have a big misunderstanding. And then that's when things can unfortunately end a little messy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But, um, as, so um, your vetting process, uh, is, the, is it strictly to focus on client compatibility and job appropriateness? Are there any other reasons why you vet clients? Well, I think we want, we obviously want to be profitable. I mean, that at the end of the day, we all have to make a living and we also want to be, enjoy our work. Um, if we don't enjoy working with a client and it's just a, not a good fit, I mean, that's, that's a really unpleasant experience. And that's why we come to work every day is because we love what we do. So I would say that would probably be the most important reason that we vet clients. Okay. And um, do you do anything other than uh, ask them to fill out the form on your website? Is there um, other we, we have them fill out the form. If I will talk to a client, if it's a referral, if they just, you know, they email me and it's a good referral from a, from a, um, a friend or colleague, or it might be a big commercial project where that's a little more in depth from our form. I will have a phone conversation with them to start. Um, but we also want to, um, you know, if they, if the contact form and the phone conversation goes well, we'll, we'll set up a, another meeting at their home or place of business and just kind of see if there's a really kind of a, a meeting of the minds. Um, at that point, we will also in, for at least for our small, not our more residential clients, we're able to give them our fee upfront, which I will tell you we, is one thing that we've implemented to get our design fee for the majority of projects upfront. And that ensures really a commitment from the client that they really want to work with us. And it also kind of helps them and, and us from an accounting standpoint and not chart, you know, constantly tracking every little hour and minute and questions about a bill or disagreement about a bill. So I find that once we can get to that point and they're agreeable to the fee um, and how we work, um, then we know that we have we can move forward with a client. Okay. Um, at some point in a project, there are bound to be some rough patches between client and designer. Uh, mm -hmm. What is your strategy for working with a difficult client while preserving your relationship with them? Well, um, that's a good one because life isn't perfect. And I can say we haven't always had a perfect client. <laughs> um, the first thing is when there is an issue or someone might be unhappy about something, 
that's going on on our end is to nip it in the bud and address it ASAP. The longer you try, I think we all have this desire to maybe want to avoid a conflict, but I think the faster we can address it, the better. Um, I usually try and get the client on the phone um, if there's an issue. Um, we had something recently where we had a client, um, a table was delivered to them and they, while well, we had one of our team there, there were some finish issues on the table. It was just one table, but the client was upset. And two days later, sent me an email saying, an email, not a call, an email saying she wanted to return the table and get her money back. And so I got on the phone immediately. She, and it was interesting how just people on the phone can be so much more easy to talk to when you hear them out and you actually kind of get in their world. And, and, and she was very agreeable to let us have someone come out and take a look at the table um, to, to, to fix it. Um, and so I think that first of all, addressing the conflict in a relationship with a client because it is a relationship it's their home or their place of business it's really important to them um and the other thing is not every client always works out for the best i mean it might be a situation where you have a client that even though you vetted them and they seemed great and the project you're excited about the project in the beginning they just you just can't please them. And they just, you know, we, you just kind of missed the warning signs and that unfortunately happens. And I think, I, I think we had, we did have one issue like that and it, we were just going around and around and around with the client. And I finally just picked up the phone and I said, Hey, you know, how's this working for you? Because mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of having a hard time on my end. And we had a pretty frank discussion. And unfortunately, just, you know, fortunately, honestly, decided to terminate the relationship. And th that rarely happens. But I'm just saying that, like any relationship, not everything is going to work out always 100% long term. Right. And it sounds like, you know, when you know it's wrong, you're both better off parting, parting ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Amy, could you just summarize the value of taking a strategic approach to clients? I would summarize taking a strategic approach to new clients and existing clients is that, first of all, you want to be as profitable as possible, but you also want to be happy and when you with what you do for a living and if you are taking on clients that don't fit your criteria and how you work and you're even your the kind of look that you're you, you propose to them can really present headaches and frankly life is just too short <laughs> to go to work every day or whatever you do in life if you don't work to be unhappy with what you're doing. So I think that ultimately is why we take a strategic approach to our clients.
very, very good advice. Um, hard won experience and it sounds like it's working very well for you. Yes, it is. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Amy Youngblood, for joining us today on KBB's From the Tap podcast. Thank you, Leslie. I appreciate it.